0: Welcome, everybody. This is The Real Deal with me, Larry Lawton, and I'm with a special guest today. I am with Mike Marino, my buddy, who's a national comedian, and Mike is a great guy. And we decided to come down to Boca, see Mike, and I thought I'd do a show for you guys right here from the hotel. I got my portable kit here, so everything looking good. And just to let everybody know what's going on here we got a big show coming up Friday. We have a call-in. Make sure you go to Discord. You can find the Discord on the back bottom of any any uh, video we do. So that'll be fun. You just go there and you can call in. And listen, if you're an asshole, I'm going to fucking pop you. You're off. But if you have something to say, good. I mean, I had a lot of comments on a Rittenhouse case. I had a lot of comments on a Ruggs case. I had a lot of comments on a lot of that kind of stuff, which is pretty good. And listen, I like the comments. I, I am not politically correct, you know that. I don't give a fuck about a lot of things. But just enjoy it, that's all I could say. Now, Mike Marino's in the house. Hey, dude, Mike. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me to your house. Uh, yeah, some, house. some people might call this hotel. <laughs> you know, okay. this is great. Listen, I think it is. Whenever I'm in a hotel, I think a prison. Yeah? You know, I fucking live, <laughs> this I'd have fucking lived in. I, I did fucking 12 years in prison. I didn't did this, I'd have fucking had it made. Hey, listen, from a comedian's point of view, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say my hotel room reminds me of prison. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's a good one. That is true. <laughs> Mike, first of all, we're drinking wine from the Real Chooch Wine Company. Is it the Real Chooch Wine Company? He's actually here. What's his what, here. What's your name? Massimo, Massimo Batista. Massimo Batista. I'm the remember. We're going to Mike's show tonight here. I, I actually put it online on my community page that oh, I'm going to be you. down here. Uh, doing the show, that was, well, this is, we're, we're taping this Saturday, here it is Monday, and we're going there tonight, we're going to have some wine, we're going to see uh, Mike, Mike Mike has a show, and I've, I've been it to multiple times, and I still fucking laugh every time, Mike.
1: I really oh, I'm going to kill you tonight. A lot of new material, a lot of stuff about uh, the unfortunate COVID crisis, and then I actually did a bunch of shows in Dubai before I came back to the United States, I'm going to talk all about... That type of travel, what international audiences are like, and all these new great sponsors, and seeing uh, you now after all this time. So, there's gonna be a lot of great stuff going on stage tonight.
0: Oh, great. First of all, anybody, if you're out there listening, I know a lot of people listen at work and whatever, just look up Mike Marino. Mike Marino, comedian on, on anything, Google it. He's, and just watch a couple of his videos. They're fucking hilarious. Thank you, I appreciate that. No, I'm just just if you sucked, I wouldn't say anything. I'd be nice. <laughs> I just wouldn't say anything. But no, he is fucking. I never. You guys all notice on my YouTube and on my uh, uh, podcast. I don't sit and really like uh, pump or promote a lot of stuff. You know, like that I do privately. Right. I don't. But this I do because you're the fun, one of the funny guys, and I'm. I love. And you know, I did a piece with Jeffries. He's funny, too. Jim Jeffries is a fucking funny guy. Absolutely. And uh, I, I'm love, I love comedians, Mike. I, I do. That's my... Listen, one. Of, I did fucking Coke with Rodney Dangerfield back in the fucking day. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's a great story. Fucking he was a crazy bastard. Great guy. Oh, I mean, privately, too. He yeah. was in Miami. He, we were in Fort Lauderdale at the time, and I was a gangster. And I had a contract with a company, and we had the school board. We had security. I had the, the hotel security law. Oh my guys. Oh fucking racket. Well, I used to pay the managers off and shit and get everything done. I had a suite up on the top floor at the Behemoth Mall Hotel. I'm fucking abroad there about 11 in the morning. I'm on my way fucking home. 11 in the morning, I walk down the hallway, and I hear, Hey, hey, what the fuck is this? I look in a room. It's Rodney Dangerfield. Doesn't know me from fucking jack shit. Come on in. He's on the table. there's a fucking thing of coke. I was a big partier. Fucking sit there. he doesn't know me, doesn't know if I'm a cop, doesn't know anything. Sitting across from me in the nice suite there, you know. Mike, he had me fucking belly laughing, his eyes, and now I don't know why they fucked him, he was all whacked out. <laughs> but I remember about a year after that, a year after that, fucking, he ended up having some heart shit. I'm laughing, I'm saying that motherfucker's partying hard, but a great fucking guy. Ronnie
1: Dangerfield was my inspiration to get into stand-up. When I was a kid, we used to listen to his albums, watch his movies, and I would impersonate him in front of my friends. And then as I got further and further into the business, you start to learn that he actually was the guy who helped comedians like Andrew Dice Clay, Sam Kinison, and a bunch of other comedians. And actually, Rodney Dangerfield's career hit later in life.
0: Well, with the movies, he hit Easy Money, Back to School. Uh, they're all my favorites. Fucking Shacks. Come on. The classics. <laughs> the best. Yeah. So, so. He, he was one of your inspirations? Yeah, absolutely. And George Carlin. So I used to listen oh to their albums when God. I was young. No wonder I like your comedy. To this day, I listen to George Carlin on, on the serious radio, Carlin's Corner, and all that shit. Yeah. A, he fucking is so bright. He was just. So, I saw George Carlin. I, I I think back about my life. I used to go to these places I had two guns. I was a fucking bad gangster. Right. But I loved to laugh.
1: You know what's one of the craziest things is when I started to do uh, more comedy about my life, most people would say, oh, he's doing this stuff about being Italian. He's done about being connected. And I say, no, I'm actually the comedy version of the real version of a wise guy. Because I was around it. I wasn't in it. I just had fun talking about it, and that's when I started to hit really big numbers because I was actually talking about my family from Italy and the way that they act
0: and who they knew, and who we stayed away from. Quite honestly, <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, you know, growing up in the Bronx and Brooklyn it was all that. But we're gonna get more. We're, we're gonna get you right now into more. So now, you, let's just everyone know. Like I said, where are you going from here?
1: Well, tonight. Uh, this is. Uh, I don't even know what today's date is. It's November fourteenth, right? So we're November fourteenth. And we're going over to the... No, uh, 13th. Is it 13th? I don't even... This COVID threw off my whole calendar. <laughs> uh, November 13th, we're over at the Raz Room. Now, the Raz Room is a, uh, a floating comedy show and music show, so they picked the uh, Meisner Park, which is a beautiful theater. We're sold out tonight, as you know, so we're going to have a lot of fun. From here, I'm going back out on tour from New York. We're going to back to Florida, Connecticut, you name it. When are you coming back to Florida? The... Uh, Last week of January, I'm going to do a week of shows here. And then I'm actually coming back to the Raz Room. I think it's like February, I want to say, 21.
0: Where in Florida besides the Raz Room? Any, like, Orlando area or anything up there?
1: Yeah, Orlando and Tampa. I'm doing a show with uh, Joe Joe Gorga, who's on Jersey Housewives. And uh, we're going to do a thing called Jersey Boys.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, no, good, because you let me know, because I want to bring some people... uh, from guys where I'm, you know, where I'm from, up in Central Florida, Space Coast. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Is that Cape Canaveral? Cape Canaveral. We're going to do some shit up there, too. Oh, my God. Well, you know, it's funny. A buddy of mine was, was the strip clubs up there. All yeah, right, then that's what we'll do after. Yeah. <laughs> well, you
1: know, I don't do that
0: anymore. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. Oh, people on this show no different, that's for sure.
1: To anybody who's listening, I don't do those things.
0: Oh, yeah. Die, we're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, just drink the real juice. We're, we're drinking wine. This is pretty good wine. Not, not like it, not late in the afternoon. What? Like, does it matter? It's five o'clock somewhere. Hey,
1: listen. I'm not extremely familiar with Florida, but my friend over here, Massimo, has me
0: come to his uh, place. To are look you? At are you streets. from here, Massimo? Where? Ah, uh, Highland Beach. It's Boca and Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Boca pretty. Uh, my buddy has a. Hey, Boca Grove, I play golf up there. It is a private country club up there. I was, I was, I was a very good golfer at one time. Now I'm fucking a fat fuck that doesn't, you know. I like to drink and party a little too much. I don't. I drive the cart. I don't play. I got a handicap. that's called don't play golf. Yeah, that's the handicap. Yeah. So Mike, you're doing the show tonight, obviously. You said you got new material, so we can we can hear it all tonight. Oh obviously. yeah. We're
1: going to talk about my my uh, experiences this afternoon because Massimo says to me, come over to my place. I'm going to give you a soup. And I don't really wear suits on stage. I like to-
0: Oh, you beat, got suits, you said? Oh, yeah, 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 I gotta get custom one. Suits. Custom. custom I gotta Be get yeah, 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 I gotta get one.
1: The suit he put on me today is like, gorgeous. I feel like I could take a nap in my suit. <laughs> it feels very, very comfortable. Uh, you know, I don't like to go on stage in a suit because I feel like it's strapping me, but tonight I think I'm gonna put this particular suit on. I felt really, really good. Are uh, oh, you going to wear the suit tonight. I was thinking, maybe I'll go on stage with the suit. Oh, this is going to be
0: good. You see, you never, I never saw you in a suit.
1: Yeah, me neither. <laughs> do
0: you, do you you know, you have a suit? <laughs> no. no,
1: I got a couple of suits. Sometimes I wear like a tuxedo when I'm the master of ceremonies of a talk show or some shit like that. But I'm more comfortable in sneakers and jeans when I go on stage because, you know, I'm a blue-collar comedian. But tonight just might be the night that I throw on the suit to see if I can't bump up the game a little bit. Plus, I'm going to take this wine on stage with me tonight because I'm going to get drunk while I'm performing. It's something new I'm trying. I love it. And I'm going to come up there with the cabiche and the, the cabiche. Cabiche. And the real chuch. I'm going to the make fun of that me. situation. Not only that, I want to talk about where we got it because we went over to this place. He's friends with these guys. They own this place called the, uh, the what Boys it? Market, right? Yeah.
0: The what Boys. What's it called? The Boys Market? The Boys
1: Market. It's it's. You yeah, got a bunch of
0: broads there you <laughs>
1: you would think there's some girls in there but it's not it's the most incredible market and it's very small so people are banging into each other it could cause like chaos and then all of a sudden like walking down the thing and they're, they're serving wine you, as, as a sample you could sample the wine what drunk person isn't going to go in there and just sample a shitload of wine until he's wasted?
0: And, and wait a minute, what about people knocking into each other, wine flying all over the place? Yeah,
1: so now you know where I'm going to get that comedy. And then the back of this place is a zoo for children. So we were walking in the zoo and he's wait, going Wait, wait a minute.
0: You got a fucking wine? A, and a zoo. And a fucking zoo together? Yeah. This is that's, a fucking show, you're right. This service. is a whole fucking show. Here's your next fucking bit.
1: This just be a reality show. Oh, it, you're, you're in a beautiful supermarket. You can get anything you want. People are banging into each other like there's a murder going to happen. We go through the back door and all of a sudden he goes, hey, what do you think it is? I'm like, is this a zoo? How is there a zoo in the back of a supermarket? And then there's a winery and a tomatery. I don't know what you call tomatoes. It's the, the tomatery. And I'm looking at all these kids playing with the uh, the donkey, the alligator, And then I'm like, where'd you get the gorilla? And he goes, oh, that's my cousin Anthony.
0: Oh, sorry, sorry. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you the truth. When you talk about (laughs) what's going on here, this is like, uh, you know, it's probably got like these new foods they got. You ever see these new markets? They're all fresh foods, and and they call them, I don't know, it's like the shit for the fucking yuppies. The shit I don't eat. You know, the fucking, I'm a pizza, fucking wings. You know, they walked in here. I'm I'm in Boca Raton, everybody. I got my equipment, you know, from RV, you all know that. I took it all down here, I'm in the hotel, and what are they walking with wine and pizza at 2.30 in the afternoon? I love it. Uh, I love better it. Than are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I said, these are my kind of guys.
1: We well, ain't going nowhere empty-handed. Oh. That's what your parents taught you. Don't you go anywhere with nothing in your hands. What are we, macho or Something like that, Right. Oh, isn't that the truth? They they said that all the time. You never go anywhere empty-handed. We're not those type of people. And if we don't drink it, oh, and if they don't use it while you're there, don't take it back.
0: Oh, yeah. How about this? What did you always bring? We, as a family, put Entenmann's cakes. Yes. I love them to this fucking day. Crumb cake. I'll fucking cut somebody's hand off for a fucking piece of crumb cake if I'm fucking Uh, hungry. An Entenmann's (laughs) crumb cake has got to be
1: the best thing that you have with a nice cup of coffee before you go to bed and then in the morning. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now you get me. hungry. Look at me. Yeah. I'm 250
0: pounds now, Mike. I'm, I'm 205
1: down. pounds. I'm a, I'm, I'm pandemic
0: Yeah, oh, you talk talking me. I'm 5'9", 250. Well, I'm only 5'7". <laughs> <laughs> I'm shorter than you. And here I am with huge
1: wine and a nice slice of pizza. And we got the pizza at the fucking zoo. No! <laughs> the get the fuck guy. out of here! He's, in, he's back there making pizza, and hey... I gotta go season. to
0: this place. Where it's is it? In, in Boca Raton. Atlantic and military... Okay, I know the area well. It's Delray Beach. It's technically Delray Beach, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right on the borderline, actually. Yeah, yeah. Let me yeah.
1: tell you something. I could spend a couple of hours at this place and come up with two hours' worth of jokes. I couldn't believe where we went. He knows the guy, so we went in the back door. I'm like, did, you, did we just walk out of a zoo and now we're shopping for groceries? Wait, wait,
0: better of, yet. You know, it's like it's a fucking, like, quiet place. You go in the back door. Hey, come on, I'm taking the back door. It's a fucking
1: zoo. you got to see this place. I even thought, I'm like... Listen, I'm only kidding about my routine. Am I getting whacked? What's going on here? (laughs) Is that a rhinoceros?
0: (laughs) No, you know, they feed you the pigs. They could eat anything.
1: They had uh, pigs there. They had birds. The kids were playing with the birds. And they had the donkeys, of course. But there was also the, what do you call it, that they run up the mountains? Goats. They looked goats, chickens, everything. Everything. They had a fake alligator, though. It was fake, right?
0: You had a fake alligator? Well, you can't have a real alligator. Eat the kids. No. <laughs> I think you had enough shit in there <laughs> that can hurt a kid. They got jo- a petting zoo there, right? <laughs> Where's Joey? Well, he tried to pet the alligator. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're, let's get back to you. So, Mike, uh, let my audience know a little bit deeper. Okay, you, you're from originally from Jersey. All oh, that's yeah. true and everything else. Uh, you, you're in 50 or 50? I know. Uh, 58. You're 58. You look fucking good. Okay. I'm trying. You're 58. And that's,
1: 58, never married. That's why,
0: that, that's why he looks good. He's not <laughs> fucked
1: up with abroad. And he's <laughs> fucking 50. I've never been married, so put it out there. Go to mikemarino.net and, and yeah. chime
0: in. And, and he's got a porn station, mikemarino.pornhub. Yes. <laughs> he wishes.
1: We're holding <laughs> auditions tomorrow, but I'll come with a pizza. <laughs> so, Mike,
0: you, you grew up. Did you always want to be a comedian? No, I never I'm set out to be a comedian.
1: I was funny when I was a kid. I always liked pulling pranks on my friends. But
0: Were you just... like a class clown? Yeah, I was. And you went to school. What, what did you want to do? I'm from up north. Like, I always wanted to be a gangster. I became one. What did you want to be? I always wanted to be an actor. Okay, so you went for acting, not comedy.
1: Correct. I went to the American Academy. I went to Herbert Berghoff Studios. I did a lot of TV commercials growing up in my uh, teens and in my 20s. I was on As the World Turns for a couple years when I was in my early 20s. I did a lot of scenes with, uh, back in the day, was Meg Ryan and Marissa Tomei, who at that time weren't even super famous yet. And then uh, went out to California, started getting parts on television, started getting some movie roles. But a lot of my friends were telling me, hey, you know, we think you're funny, you got a flair for stand-up, why don't you try it? So I went over to the comedy store. And I met with uh, Mitzi Shore, who was the owner of the comedy store. And she goes, I like what you're doing. Just tell the truth and you're funny. So I would go on stage and say, uh, you know, I always wanted to be De Niro. I always wanted to be in a mob movie. But every time I was in one, because I had blonde hair and blue eyes, I was the Irish cop that got whacked in the first (laughs) 30 seconds. And people thought that was funny. So they started laughing at my pain. And away I went. And now I, I love being a comedian. I love performing around the world. And of course, I want to act. I want to do my podcast, and I want to be around like people that I want to be around, like you were saying. Yeah, early, I make yeah. a great living. I'm doing great. I just want to have fun now.
0: Absolutely, that they, people don't get that in life. They ask me all the time, Larry, how long are you going to keep doing this? I, say, I don't know until I don't have fun. You know, I think and do the things you do, you want to do. Too many people want to tell you I want to get this, get that. Yeah, and I get it. I get it. If I was thirty five, forty. I'd be a different animal. I'd be hard at certain things. I'd be, you know, really... Now
1: I'm... I don't give a fuck. Yeah, well, we're older now and we're smarter. You don't want to have to try that hard for anything.
0: No, last time and, I did uh, that, I was arrested. <laughs> <laughs> was <a> fucking <laughs> in prison for robbing fucking Jewish all over the country. You know what's
1: funny? I talk about... Uh, clarim- That's a fucking <laughs> show. <laughs> <laughs> anything can almost be a show today. It's just how long is it going to last? But I enjoy making fun of my life
0: as, let's say, a wannabe wise guy or being, having an affection for wise guys it's, that you see in the movie. It's, it's really funny. You always say that. And I remember a lot of your stage. And the stuff when I'm up there, I'm laughing, like, because I know guys, obviously, in my business that I made more money than. You know, wise guys, real wise guys. But I made more money than them. I was an earner. Right. These fucking guys, like, I'm like, these fucking choo-choo, he couldn't fucking, he, he couldn't even be a bookie. He fucking, we had to take his bookmaking fucking business away because he was a moron. He would fuck that up. What bookie loses money? Only New York City, OTB, lose money. <laughs> Nobody else loses money as a bookie. You know what I mean? People ask me, they go, Larry, I was the biggest bookie from Fort Lauderdale to, to up in Melbourne area. I said, I made a ton of money. They go, yeah, why? I said, listen. All I gotta tell you is this: You think they build billion-dollar casinos because they lose? Right, right. They don't fucking lose. Eventually, that ten percent kills you. Eventually, you're not fucking uh, you know Jimmy the Greek. Remember Jimmy the Greek when we yes. were kids? Yes. Yeah. A lot of people wouldn't know that name, Jimmy the Greek. You would. Oh yeah. So back. let's get back into you. So now you become, you start acting, you start getting. How? I mean, Mike, you're you're a nationally known comedian. I mean, I tell your name, someone goes, "Oh, I heard of him. I heard of him." They go online. I send them something. They go, fucking guy's hilarious. Yeah, how did how did you get to that level? Was it with somebody? Like, was it a, was it a big name? Was it or was it just your material? Is because I've seen you. I don't know how many times, and it's always great. I, I, I literally belly laugh, and I get a kick out of it because I tell you, and then they watch you. When anybody takes, I'm taking my nephew and his wife, and they're dying to see you tonight. You know. Yeah.
1: Well. In the beginning, when you go into open mics and you rehearse and you practice, and it's always your goal to lock on to maybe a named comedian that'll take you on the road as the opening act, and that happened to quite a few people. Uh, to me, back in the day, was Andrew Dice Clay, and he took me on the road. And then I started working it, and uh, then you. I gotta stop people. you right there
0: because people know that name too. How is he? I love Andrew. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, 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 you know, I like that kind of comedy. Obviously, I'm from up there, so but he's a he's kind of a crude. In its own way, you know, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall and fucked you or something. I mean, he's crazy he, fucked. He
1: came out at a time where, when he was working with uh, Rodney Dangerfield, that he was doing something nobody else even thought of doing. Same as and like you Sid Kinnison, be, same way, yeah. with the yelling. And when you watch Andrew Dice Clay, especially back in the day, you wanted to be like him. He wanted to wear that black jacket. You wanted to smoke that cigarette that way. He had people imitating him constantly. And for all intents and purposes, he sells out Madison Square Garden before the word social media. How do you even do that? And then as I started to grow, I ended up getting my own following. My following became even bigger, and I was doing my own. But it wasn't until I was on Comics Unleashed when I went on the show and I said if we had an Italian president, we'd have whacked Osama bin Laden. That hit 14 million people. That's the fucking
0: people. greatest... Co- to this day, I still think that's the good. I try to imitate it. I'm so fucking bad. I, I butcher it. No, I like to tell people, you got to hear him talk about this fucking thing with Osama to kick open the rock, take the rugs. I, I love what you said. I can hear that a hundred times and fucking love it. I mean, well, yeah.
1: you know what's funny is I don't even do that anymore. I don't do that. That was from an album I called "Vinnie Get the Bat," and I moved on to some other stuff. You actually so, had the
0: little bats. I so, so yeah, the little yeah.
1: baseball bats. So that's basically what started. Um, allowing me to hit big numbers because people actually come to see that one particular joke. Like you would go see a song, uh, a musician, and you're like, oh, I hope he plays Born to Run. If Bruce don't play Born to Run, I'll be very, very upset. And eventually they cut a new album and they do other stuff, but you still want to hear Born to Run. So that's kind of what happened to me. And I love the fact that it was happening that way. If people yell out, do that joke, I do it for them, usually like at the end of a show. But I wrote all new shows, all new taglines, all new catchphrases and we turned it into the web series. The web series, oh, Make uh, America Italian Again, because uh, it was- with, at, with those characters you got with the on there. the hey, I,
0: They're funny, I actually so watch
1: it. The fictitious plot of running for president and what we would do to get into the White House was just making so many people laugh. I mean, it's a spoof on the mob. We really are never gonna hurt anybody. And uh, I was happy that I was working with that cast, that crew, those people, and hopefully now that the pandemic seems to be coming to a, a close, We'll do it again. And that's what I want to get on to. Yeah, yeah. You, you,
0: you know, in today's world, like I said, I dig it. And we'll talk about this, and even my fans notice. Did you know I did a survey? Do you know most people, period, under 50, don't even have fucking cable TV? Right. They have the internet. So if you're not on the internet doing something, you really miss the boat. You know? Yeah,
1: well, it's it's a great thing because now we don't have to chase NBC, ABC, CBS. Right. You do your you own thing. You're going to blow them, play. I used
0: to call it. You want to suck whose dick over here to get a real joke.
1: And thankfully, we can earn money doing it and uh, go after your own fans. Fans will make and break your career. I get tear jerking fan mail. I literally get people write to me, uh, I live in depression but when I watch your YouTube channel, you make me happy, please don't stop. And that's when I say to myself, you know what, okay, I could be happy with just this the rest of my life.
0: You know, Mike, you're gonna love this. I was just on my way down here, uh, but, and I had some bad news of, of a friend, but anyway. Uh, I was reading mail, like you said, I get mail. Larry, you're an inspiration rule. I tell one kid to I'm here, I said, I'm not your hero. Hero is not the wrong word, maybe i help you. But we we talked about a lot, and I'll tell you what, Mike, I get those mails, it's funny, I did a whole fucking show, in freaking one day, we got a 100,000 views, in one day, just did a video Tuesday on the Rittenhouse case, you know, because I I know the law, I did that, I actually, the first time, got a hate mail, you're a fucking sellout, motherfucker, this and I, I'm laughing, I said, these people have no idea what the fuck they listen to. But it, I had the other end of it saying, listen, keep the way you are, do your thing. And and you just said it. The fans is what makes you uh, keep doing what you're doing. I, see, I, I, I've done a few things that no YouTubers have done. I make sure after every vo- video I post, I answer comments for one hour. And they know I'm going to be there. Oh, wow. I, a whole hour. If it's 500 comments, I'm not fucking answering a book. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. Oh, I'll look into that. Hey, I see you before every hour, and and I the, there's reasons to do that as well. But also, it makes me feel connected to to the to the audience. You know, you can get lost behind mics. You as well as a comedian, you can get lost on stage and forget that that these people are your your or why we make our money or why we do or even it's not even the money anymore. It's more of why we want to keep doing what we're doing. You know, one of the craziest things is
1: uh, I never thought I'd get to the level where people would look at me and say things like this. And this just happened while we were in the car on the way over here. I went over to Massimo's place to give me this suit. Wait till you see this suit. <laughs> uh, it, are see we
0: seeing it tonight?
1: I don't know. Are would, we
0: seeing the suit tonight? <laughs> I'm have to try it on again. If it don't fit, I, that's I wanna, a bad fucking sign. No,
1: there. No, no, no. The suit fits. I'm too short. I got to hem the pants. So I don't know how I'm gonna hem the pants between now and he should six got a guy that can do that. No. Well, I got duct tape in the car from you know the oh, last time you we tied up. Oh, you fucking
0: remind. Me. No, you remind me when we were kids. You remember your mother put but the duct tape. tape. Your mother put the duct tape. Go to school. You're going anyway. But ma, the pants are too long. You'll grow into them. You're gonna grow into them. You walked around like bozo because the shoes were your brother's. <laughs> I fucking, listen, that is the truth, Mike. Listen, we come from five brothers and sisters. We all were. The hand-me-downs. We were five brothers and sisters. My dad was a construction worker, and my mom was in a, my dad gets laid off in New York back in the day, and before he built the World Trade Center, you know, he was a big guy there. When I tell you, these guys are eating wine and drinking pizza, eating pizza and drinking wine. I love it. I'm drinking wine, so I'm going to be in perfect shape for tonight. But anyway, my mom, you know, we used to get clothes. They're a little big, like you said. Don't worry, you'll you'll fill them out. (laughs) You'll fill them. Not only did we get hand-me-downs
1: in my family, we had hand-me-backups. Are you done with that? (laughs) (laughs) I could use that. I had three brothers, one older, one younger. We were all the same size.
0: Yeah, of course you were. When you went to shared each other's uh, clothes. Oh, we even, you know, people uh, that, that, that the people know my life. But we're going to get more into your life right now. Okay, so now, Mike, you're at what age did you start all this? I mean, that takes a lot of balls to go there. You know, acting, people, a lot of people want to be actors. A lot of people want to be comedians or YouTubers or whatever. I try to tell people, first of all, it's a lot of work. Don't think I fucking just get YouTube and got 1.3 million people and because I didn't work my balls off. I worked it and learned the algorithms, learned what they like, what people like, all to myself, do certain things. It's work, but I have that one thing like you do, I keep it real, I don't give a fuck. I get people who don't like it, but I give a, I keep it real. Well, I, I was about maybe 13 years
1: old, 14 years old, and I always wanted to impersonate everybody who I saw on television. And I've been doing it since I'm even younger than that. But I had a high school band teacher, a music director, and I was playing the drums all the time because I was in all the bands. And he said to me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I says, I want to be an actor. And he goes, yeah, I kind of had the funny feeling, you're serious about what you're doing. He goes, I have a connection at Herger Berghoff Studios in New York City, it's in the village. Ask your mother if I could take you, I'll get you a Saturday night course in the city. And you know, to a 14, 15 year old kid from New Jersey to get a ride into the city was petrifying. Especially the village, sure, going through the it. tunnel
0: or over the bridge. You yeah. go to Did you go to Guinea Gang Plate or did you go to fucking? <laughs> now, people don't know what that is. Even <laughs> the Mike does.
1: Yeah, no, we went through the tunnel. Okay. So we went to the tunnel, <laughs> and at that time I was taking the class. Now I never really noticed anything about the school teacher, other than that maybe he was a little bit on the feminine side. So that way he went where he went, and I went to school. But well, I think that. that's the right. village too. Now you've that. And it's funny, about maybe seven years ago, I was doing a concert in uh, Jersey City, New Jersey, and there was the teacher. And really? He still around? Me, he goes, do you remember me? I'm like, how could I forget you? You're the guy who really hooked me up. Because he left the school, and he went to go pursue something else at that time. So after, what, a uh, 30 years? There Pretty he cool, was. though. Yeah, Pretty it's cool. great. Now we're actually friends. I talk to him from time to time, and uh, what an inspiration.
0: That is really it. My inspiration was the nuns that fucking beat my ass with rulers, yeah. and I fucking... Well, I had problems. I got get kicked out of fucking Catholic school, typical. Would you, would you rebel? I, told, I, I, I wrote a note. Who would fuck Mrs. Armolino? She was a lay teacher. <laughs> Sister Mary Stanislaus. You remember the name. Sister Mary Stanislaus, catch me, smash me with the fucking ruler, go to the office. Well, the two kids who wrote the note signed it with me. Scott Cario, another guy, Oh, Harding, We get sent to the fucking office. Holy shit. Then we had to see Sister Mary Claire, who was the fucking principal. And my dad was construction construction workers that to come get me. Oh, fuck. They're crying. I'm just sitting there. I don't give a fuck. I think I had a mental problem as a kid. But anyway. This, this is how I eventually
1: started to write a TV series. I'm hoping I'm going to get the film called Growing Up Grand. It's about my life returning to my small town where I went to high school, where I went to grammar school, growing up in the house that I owned, which my parents owned. And I had to come home. Do you still own the house? I own the house. Wow. That's okay. where I do my podcast, live from my mother's basement. It's no joke. That's my mom's basement. That's See, where we do. I, I it. built this. My
0: parents been in the house in Florida 36 years because they moved down here in 83 or four to Florida. And they, they lived in the same house in fucking the Bronx since 1956. Right. And then they sold that. You know, two hours of my whole life they lived. 56, and then 83, you know, they they moved down to Florida. Everybody did run away from New York. And fucking, I've been now, now I'm, like I said, I'm doing my shit out of my mom's house because I had to take care of her. Okay, see what you just said?
1: Because I had to take care of her. So I got the phone call from my father when I was kicking serious ass in Hollywood. I was on every billboard you could think of on the Sunset Strip. Laugh Factory, Comedy Store, Improv, you name it. I was touring the country.
0: I I got to stop everybody today all thinking what I'm thinking. You said you played in soap operas. Yeah, that was in my 20s. That was before the comedy, Correct. Why didn't it. you comp- try to go more, either more acting or more uh, shows, movies, or did or, or just comedy to overtake it?
1: It overtook it, but, you know, as an actor, when you have to go out on an audition, chances are you're probably not going to get it. As a comedian, you could create
0: your own career. You create it. And you call the yeah. clubs and you go make that money. But Mike all seriousness, it's not easy to be, a, I, I can be funny at times, right. but I can't do it as a living. You have done it for years and years and years with material, and it, is it is it the brain that's different? Honestly, yes. you know, I yes. mean, we all have our creative brains, I, I definitely do, but it, it, it's. I respect comedian, I respect talent, period, whether it's a musician or a singer or comedian or actors, I know what I do, I, I'm, I'm a connector with people, I have a, uh, a, a different way. I, I know what I'm good at, communicating uh, a story. I'm a really, as people say, Larry, you're a storyteller. You're one of the best storytellers you, we, we know. You're a comedian that has to come up with new material and if you're not relevant and things happen and they're bad, I watch comedians go down. I mean, big time. Oh, yeah. You know you know the names I can think of uh, from-, from Jerry Seinfeld's guy. What's his name? Uh, uh, the guy who was, the, the Kramer. Yeah. Off the fucking earth. Off the earth.
1: Well that's because of what happened the one night at the left factory when right. he was dropping the end bomb. Right. I don't right. know if you noticed or not. I was the next comic. No. Yeah, I'm the one that went on stage right when he was done. However, I wasn't scheduled to go on stage. Did I you know
0: was... he was fucking this is great. This now this is material. <laughs> oh, I can <laughs> tell you how this all really no, went down. I want to hear it because people standing on want...
1: There was about maybe six or seven kids wanted to go into the twelve o'clock show. And me and the doorman were standing in front of the Laugh Factory. This is how it really happened. So he says to the doorman, who's on the midnight show? I want him to razz my friend up a little bit. It's his birthday. He's 21. So the doorman said, well, why don't you kids go in there now? Kramer's on stage, right? And uh, you can catch the last part of his act. They went into the show, and they were just, you know, stirring up a little bit because they were ordering drinks. And that's what he heard. So when he said, hey, it's my friend's birthday, he's 21, could you razz him a little bit? Most comedians would have said, oh, hey, happy birthday, here's a drink, break his balls a little bit. For some reason or other, uh, Michael Richards decided to say, just shut the fuck up. So the kid said one more thing, and he goes, ah, just shut the fuck up. And the kid goes, ah, you stink. And he goes, you fucking nigger. And away it went. And he just kept on saying it. And then he said to the audience, yeah, that's right, I said it. I said it, and I'll say it again, and he said it again. Now, I'm standing in the back of the room.
0: You're ready to come up. Now, no, I don't no, even no. do that. I, I told you that. I don't do that. You know, I mean, that's just not. I, listen, I, I'm not. I, everybody knows me, Mike. I'm, I'm no politically correct guy. But there's things you just know not to say. Yeah. I, 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 they, he shocked everybody. Shocked and you? The
1: whole, shocked Did you know everybody? him? I mean, No. No, nothing no. other than hello, how are you? Okay, I got gotcha. you. I was actually standing in the back of the room with the other comedians who were supposed to go next. So what they do is, there's a, now there's a midnight show, and that guy was in the 10 o'clock show. He was closing up the show. He said, yeah, I said it, he did what he did. It made everybody really, really uncomfortable. He takes the microphone, he throws it on the ground, he walks off the stage. They're supposed to let the audience out and let a new audience in. But they decided, you know, don't break it up because the waitstaff was afraid to go in the room and check out the, the, the bills. Because they thought there might have been a riot. Most of the people at the Laugh Factory are tourists, especially on a Saturday night. you got to be one of the top 5% of a comedian to even get in this place. And I was actually supposed to be the 1 o'clock slot, the closing slot of the whole night. Is that a big slot?
0: It yeah. is. Okay, yeah,
1: yeah. It's just very hard to get any of this shit. So uh, the owner came over to me and goes, come on, Marino, go clean this up. And I said, but I'm not next. He goes, I don't care who's next. Come on, go, you go. Cause he knows I know what to do, so I went on stage and I grabbed the microphone and I go, you know I got to just say this. You black people here in California you really made me laugh. You ever talk like that? Where I'm from in New Jersey, they'd have stabbed him six times before he even got on the stage. What the hell are you waiting for? He's standing in the corner and the place went wild.
0: I love it. Right. I'm fucking laughing now. That is fucking... And then I went like see, this. That's the and it like this.
1: it's a good thing he didn't say anything about the Italians and the place. Out. Now, I was supposed to do a 20-minute set, but the light never went on. I just kept on going, and I had to realize to myself, the owner probably told the other comedians, call it a day, leave him alone, let him go, he's got him, because I made the audience forget that that shit went down, and I just went into my act, and it just kept on going and going and made everybody have a good time. Then I said to the kids who were having a birthday party, I says, uh... What did I miss? Was there something going on? Did, <laughs> yeah, no, go Did you guys, like, serve cake and you didn't like it or some shit like that? You know, sometimes... They were cake, cracking up, right? Oh, I had everybody fucking screaming. I mean, that was it. The and that's off the top of your
0: head, Mike. Yeah. Now, being, do you know, like, obviously, I know now as... I was I'm, I was never famous like you, you know, like, knowing this for 30 years. You know, you've been in this spotlight pretty right. much. Now I am, so I see people take pictures. Sometimes I'm in the airport, and and they'll stop, and you keep looking. First off, as an ex gang something, who the fuck did I fuck? Yeah. Was he fucking looking at me? Did I fucking you know that's. I want to kick the who the fuck is he look? I catch myself. The guy goes, "Hey, you're Larry Lawton on YouTube." I I, I ordered. I've been on the Daily Show and all these places. He goes, "You oh yeah, I saw you on the Daily Show with John Oliver. I saw you here. I saw you on this show." And and I, and I'm like, "Oh fuck!" And I. My brain has to stop. How did you do that? Know it. Do you know that people are filming you all the time? Well, nobody I mean, filmed me that night. That was
1: one of those things. They actually... I mean, they filmed film. him.
0: They yeah. had a film. I mean, why did they film him and not you?
1: Oh, because he was saying what he was saying. Oh, you. Oh, he said it so much. They yeah. ended up
0: taking their camera.
1: Oh, he even said things like, I make so much money, I could buy somebody's life. And I'm like, wow, I think I made a reference to that too. I says, "Yeah, I'm poor, so I can't even afford my own life."
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm at that point now that I always say I, I, I could be filmed. You know, I mean, yeah. you, you know, at that it, it gets in my mind now that wow, you know, it's crazy. I was on the road driving my fucking RV, and people must know hogging their horn. I'm thinking, I fucking my first thing in the RV is. Is there a tire flat? It's so fucking big. Something's hanging off. It's fucking, something's wrong. This is me. And no, the guy's honking. He goes, Larry, Lord, I watch you. I watch you. I go, okay, you know, wait. Because I drive my own fucking RV. Uh, I have a driver, too, when I do certain things. You know, my brother, I hire my brother. That's a fucking show in itself. My brother will drive me and fucking, they went for the friend. We crashed the thing. Oh, my, so much stories. But I, I just, that incident, I think about how a comedian can go from the top of the world to fucking underground. Now, I don't know how much he does have money and all that kind of bullshit and I get it because the money is part of it. We all have to make money but even if you have that much money do you want to be seen like that? No. And I don't. I don't know, I don't know why he cho-
1: chose that road. Nobody ch- nobody did he saw just, that coming.
0: Did he leave right after that? Like,
1: when, did, when yes. you got off stage was he gone already? Oh yeah. Did they oh, yeah. kick him out? No. And the oddest thing is, the next night, which was a Saturday night, he was in the Saturday Night Show, and I was the host of the show. And he came back. And I remember saying to the owner, "What the hell is he doing here?" And he goes, "He's really nervous to get on stage because of last night. So bring him up big." I'm like, "You guys won't nuts? How's he doing here? What if he does that again?" So I was the host. So when you and say when host, I, how does a host go in a comedy club? He's the guy who comes out first. So when I came up on stage, I now go, do you keep introducing every comedian on that night. Yeah. Okay. So I go to introduce him and I go ladies and gentlemen coming to the stage boy you should have saw the guy kill the crowd last night. Hey, he's here again tonight. <laughs> I don't know if anybody was understanding what I was doing but nobody knew at the time. Yeah, so I brought him up he did his thing and he did great. The following night was a Sunday night and that's when it broke in the news. And that show at the Laugh Factory is called Chocolate Sunday. It's a black comedy show. And I happen to be in that show because they put some guys in the show who are strong, you know. And I talk about being from an Italian family, so I just get into my shit anyway. I had uh, three magazines come over to me. What was it like? And I did the Chicago Tribune and the the Boston, whatever. They were always there. What was it like? And I said, you know what? It was for a guy like me and most of the other comedians, a night at work. It's another night at work. I've seen guys fuck up like that.
0: Oh, you've seen that before, but not that bad. Not that bad. Not you know, that I, listen, everybody fucks up. I mean, I've seen some comedians fuck up. I consider fuck up. I don't even know if it is a fuck up. But to keep doing it, to keep pushing it, it to me He must have said just, that
1: 12, 13 times that night. He kept on doing it. And everybody's back they going... You, oh, you know what happens?
0: It, it's not a mistake. It's not a, a slip when we grew up. Because when we grew up, Mike, things yeah. were different. We all know that. I'm not... And that good, bad, or indifferent. That's the way it was things were different then and I grew up, like I tell people I said listen I didn't even know what prejudice was until I came to Florida I really didn't cuz I grew up in the fucking Bronx and Brooklyn it we didn't give a fuck what color you were if you lived on our block that's right or in our building that's your that's your family <laughs> that we didn't give a fuck what color you were your family we wouldn't give a fuck if you were a Martian if you lived there you were one of us and you fucking you we'd fuck somebody up for you i went to Lehman high school Big school in the Bronx, fucking five thousand students. Bobby Bonilla, fucking Alex Ramos, uh, Dougie Marone, who's a coach was coach at Jacksonville. All of these guys, we all went to the same school. Matter of fact, they had me on a radio a show. Dougie Marone, who's the coach of fucking Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, played professional football. and went to Syracuse. They asked him about Larry Lawton, and he, I knew him very very well. We used to go drinking together, partying pictures, all this shit. And he goes, Oh, I know the real Larry. You know, crazy fuck. I was crazy. And he fucking says, Yeah. And he goes, Yeah, Larry's doing it. He used to date my sister, actually. <laughs> uh, don't. I, I mean, he loved my sister. And he grew up, you know, we all grew up in the same neighborhood. That's the way it goes in the Bronx, you know. And if you're in that neighborhood, it doesn't matter who you are Italian, Irish, fucking German, black, Spanish, Chinese. You're it. You're one of us. We'll fucking burn your other people down for you. I'm sure amazing? it's like Jersey, too.
1: It was. When you grow up in a neighborhood, everybody's part of your family in that neighborhood, especially if you're on the same street. Oh. You go to the same school. It was just a different life, man. Everybody got along. Even in the neighborhood that I live now in Scotch Plains, New Jersey, there's multiple colors
0: Well, you the live street. where you grew up.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, your mom's house. That's, that's why. I, that's why
1: I wrote this new series called Growing Up Grand. About growing up in an area where nobody really noticed the difference in the color, it was all about: Are you hungry? Do you want to eat?
0: You're coming I over. I swear to God, this isn't that the truth. Yeah. You know, I tell people that all the time in Florida because I've seen some redneck shit down Florida. And right. Shit. And I go, we didn't have that crap. We we just didn't know it. We we were colorblind. I mean, this is back in a ways ago. We, you know, we're the same age, close. So, and you would look at ourselves and you say, "Wow, that was different."
1: And you know what's really funny? It was okay to break each other's balls. Oh, how about so, the parents so would break
0: your balls? Oh, man.
1: my mother used to say all the time, is your, is your, is your black friend coming over? And I said, of course he's coming over. She goes, okay, make sure I make some special stuff. Uh, meaning she wanted to make food that he thought he would like. <laughs> and he didn't she was give just, a fuck what he No, he goes, I'm coming over for the macaroni and the meatballs. <laughs> And my mother would say, well, we better to get something because of what he likes. I'm like, He likes what we like, Ma. You don't have to yeah, do that. Yeah,
0: especially an old Italian lady. Okay, yeah. but
1: you see what she's doing? She loved the guy. She wanted to make him happy. Absolutely. There's nothing know, offensive here. 100%. That really is the that truth. That was like her other son. And he would break my mother's balls. Well, that's hilarious. You couldn't
0: do that. Our fathers were, were rough. You know, our fathers are, are either, in my neighborhood, you were either a gangster. Or a hard-working guy. Right. Period. Yeah, well. And I ended up becoming a gangster because I saw them in the Cadillacs and all the shit. And, and my neighbor, Al Landy, was a big-time bookie and a big guy from another family. who's was down around. My mother used to take care of She was a nurse. So they would take care of him. Like, you know, like the nurse in the neighborhood was the big deal. You know what I mean? Where we come from. So it was like, wow, and then they get to know you. Then the old moms would take us to school. See, where I come from, there was no school buses. What fuck the school bus? I get a kick of these fucking kids. We used to take the city bus and the train to
1: fucking school. How petrifying was it to go into the train station and put in your coin and jump over that thing? Oh, well, we in jumped the over it, of course.
0: But, you know, it was funny because... But you're fair. Listen, I was 14 years old working in Manhattan. Manhattan, I used to take the six train all the way down to 23rd Street and 6th fucking Avenue. Look at me, I'm done with my wine. Done with my wine. This is kid fucking... You should have brought more wine, Massimino, yes. right? What's, what's his Massimo,
1: name? Massimo, Massimo.
0: Massimo. Where's the wine?
1: Hey, listen. My friend Massimo Batista from Italy. Where are you from in Italy?
0: Napoli,
1: Naples. Napoli. He's from Naples. Most people should
0: the world. You got to come up and with? see my friends who own restaurants and they put your shit in it. Right. They own restaurants. They're, th- they're all from Italy. From Naples. Oh, good friends of mine. They they very 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 close friends of mine. He owns one of the nicest restaurants called uh, uh, Pep Well, he's Peppy. We play cards with him. He's, uh not Lopolini. What a I don't even know fucking Peppy's restaurant's name. You come up. You got to come. You know I go there all the time. I mean, top. He's got two of them. Two nice big restaurants. He come. You bring him your wine. You show. You sell your wine. I have a show to do tonight, and I'm getting loaded on this podcast. Fucking loaded and drink eating pizza and drinking fucking wine. All right, Mike, I ain't going to get you... No, you ain't leaving, because I want to ask a couple more questions. Okay. What's the worst thing you see as a comedian?
1: Nowadays, everybody's uh, wanting to sit in that audience, hoping they could pick up on uh, something that they want to say you shouldn't have said.
0: Sort of politically
1: correctness? The cancel culture uh, assholes. Leave us alone. We're happy. If you don't want to be around us, fine. I always make my routine about me and my life so that I can't really offend anybody unless you're offended by my life. And talking about what's going on in your real world usually makes everybody laugh because they're going to think about that too. So just like going to the supermarket with my friend Massimo, how could you not laugh at what we saw? He took me to a supermarket called The Boys Market. Boys Market. And I'm thinking, okay, the boys. And he said, but before we go inside, the market has a zoo for children. Where would in the world do you find a market that has a zoo? So while the parents are inside shopping, the kids are in the monkey cage. Wait, The best part is
0: he made it like I would. Hey, listen, we're going in the back. Yeah, I want to take you in the back. You know, like when I when I was running around as a mobster, I'd go in the back of strip clubs, we'd go in the back door of clubs. Come on, we ain't going this way. There's a line. There's people. Come with me. We're going about He's taking the back of a fucking market with a fucking zoo. Oh, that alone has got had me fucking rolling. It
1: early. was hilarious. And then we go down this road. It's nothing but tomato plants with the water sprinklers sprinkling <laughs> off the. He tells the one guy, "Make us a pizza. We're gonna come out in ten minutes." We come out of the supermarket, and we're handed a pizza and two bottles of wine. Where are you going? I'm going over to Larry Lawton's hotel. <laughs>
0: well, you want to hear the best? They brought two bottles of, hot, of wine here. They're gone. Pizza's gone. We're fucking eat. I, I, The wine. Was it a chooch? Chooch a cabiche. Chooch a okay. wine. I'm not kidding you. It was good. And I'm not a big wino. Not a wino. you like wino. I'm not a big... Listen, what are you calling me a wino? My or? <laughs> nephew is coming. We're going to go meet him right now. Hi. he's downstairs after the show in fact in 15 minutes we're going to see them they're all at the bar waiting my crew oh and we're gonna go down there and I got the wife they did wine all. when I tell you they spend a thousand a month in wine
1: well there you go then I'm glad that I came over here with the wine
0: but no no <laughs> we next stop I'm back to mike Marino so the worst thing you think is going on as a comedian and has it been in, yeah Mike you've been in entertainment for 30 40 years right right how are you 20 years old pretty let's call it 20. 20. you're you there 40 years you've been in the entertainment business. I mean, it's not an easy business. Everybody thinks this business is easy. No, this is very, very difficult. It really is a very difficult business. I know that just from what I do. I have to put out X amount of content. And, you know, you have meetings of what you're going to do, how it's going to do. You come up. But we're the creative people. That's why we do what we do, obviously. So you say the worst thing you've seen in all the 40 years is now with the cancel
1: culture? I would say so, but it's nothing that it's really new. Because if you look at comedians like Lenny Bruce, who was arrested because he said, yeah. fuck.
0: I remember that. He got I, arrested. I I, I I loved Lenny Bruce. I love See, I loved all the comedians that were pretty edgy comedians, whether it was Sam Kinison. yeah, Sam Kinison pissed people off by cursing Adam and in their face. <laughs> well, it's been going on for a long time, but people
1: really have the choice. Don't go. Don't go watch the show half the people need to research what a comedian specifically does i totally agree with that mike i got somebody walked out of a show recently because they said i was offended by something i said but it really did happen i went into a massage parlor to get a massage the lady said we have a three o'clock appointment would you like it and i said yeah give me the three o'clock she said what's your gender preference so i said how many options are there I just thought that was funny. The one lady got offended, but to straighten it out, I says, why are you offended? How do you know what I want? Maybe I want a robot. They didn't tell me whether they offered the robot or not. Oh, the lady, fuck it, this is crazy. A lady offered, the lady said, what gender do you prefer in the massage place? When I did the joke on stage, a woman in the audience said I'm offended by that. And I said, but why are you offended? I actually really asked a legitimate question.
0: How do I oh, know what? Oh, you said this working? on stage? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's hilarious. hilarious that is fucking hilarious see it's funny because I, Larry is a normal guy but if I go to a massage parlor I always want a happy ending <laughs> no it's a normal guy Juan yeah. is that bad? yeah well say. I tell my wife oh, hey girl, I'm offended. I'm not married I've been, I've been with a girl for 13 years uh. right I tell her Listen, she goes, you do need more massage. I go, oh, yeah, if I get a happy ending, I'm fucking good with the massage. Because I can't sit there naked with a fucking thinking what's going on. You're rubbing my fucking thighs, you're rubbing my ass, you're rubbing my back, you know, inside thighs. I get a hard on. I hope I never fucking quit getting a hard on fucking. Oh man, my fucking manager's gonna, go, what are you fucking now talking about?
1: It's really but, a big double edged sword because. Sometimes when I entertain on the cruise ships, there's this one island, you pull into the island, you get a massage under a palm tree on the beach. And I went there once, and uh, the lady said to me, uh, we don't have any females, but there's a guy over here, he gives a great massage. That's good so I said, by well, me. What the hell do I care? So I go to get the massage by the guy. This guy would grab my leg, twist it, he bent my back. Now every time I go to the island, I go, is Jose here? He's the best. Because <laughs> he was really, really great. You know what I say?
0: <laughs> you know, you know. there's an old joke with with... Prison joke. Right. I got to emphasize that. A prison broke. Listen, close your eyes. You don't know if it's a man or a girl blowing you. What right. the fuck? Lips a lip? <laughs> Who the fuck knows? <laughs> think about that. One second, audience. Think about that. Close your eyes. Feel lip on your dick. Do you know if it's a man or a girl? Now, if he's got a mustache, nah, <laughs> put you fuck in the trouble. <laughs> we better go before you open up another bottle of wine. Oh, where's the wine? <laughs> oh, my God. We've been on this thing a fucking almost an hour. Listen, Mike, one more question for you. Uh, Yeah. You're traveling all over. Uh, People can find you how?
1: You can find me on all my social media. Everything is at Mike Marino Live. My YouTube channel, at Mike Marino Live. Please submit, subscribe, give me all of that attention. I love it. I guarantee you'll laugh. I put out a lot of great videos. We should do some videos together. And my podcast is uh, live from my mother's basement. But everything stems from MikeMarino.net.
0: MikeMarino.net. You're gonna there's gonna be a link in below, everybody. Make sure you stay with Mike Marino. We we met the, the wino here, we got a wino guy here. Patisto. Massamino Patisto. For real, that's good wine. That's really good wine. I'm not a big wino. Like I said, wino. <laughs> Man, I, listen, I used to drink Ripple when I was a fucking kid. Used to get it for fucking 69 cents a bottle. That's the truth. 69 cents. Anything to get you fucked up when you were a kid. Mad dog 2020. Oh fuck it. I actually drank that shit. I, I was just, you're going know, to laugh at this. I was just talking to a lady that, uh, from the Bronx where I grew up. And she lived above the, you're going to love the name of this store. She, loved, she lived above the Wap Shop. <laughs> Swear to God, that's the name of the place. It's it was nice a candy place. store. Oh, yeah. But we called it the Wap Shop. It had a problem, you know, we used to fucking steal penny, they had penny candies back then, the little fucking barrels, and do you remember the penny, literally penny, literally, I know you fucking kids are saying, what's that, do you get to use it with a credit card? Penny. What, it's a fucking penny, one penny was a fucking thing, we used to steal them too, but we used to go in and buy 69 cent bottles, the big quarts of fucking beer, Schaefer and Schmidt's. <laughs> you know, the fucking worst beast. We'd have an older kid go in and get it. Then the lady knew it. Back when we grew up, at least when I grew up, 18 was the drinking limit. You can drink at 18 years old. Legally. Drinking edge, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was different then back in the day. I had 18, too. Yeah, and so at 18 years old, you'd go in the fucking place. I was sitting at a bar at 15 years old. You'd think I was a fucking old man. And I'm fucking, I'm not fucking only was it 18, but you didn't have a picture on. No, <laughs> Remember your license didn't have a picture? I, listen, I remember we didn't drive, I was stealing cars at 14, so I mean, it was <laughs> fucking bad. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, I got Mike Marino here, I'll be seeing him tonight. This is Monday, so I saw him, and I will be talking. We have a, a show to, this Friday, don't forget, this Friday, go to Discord, you can find Discord on the back bottom of any video we have, just go down, we have a Discord server, check it out, you can call in. Just go there. They gonna have a whole system set up, and we're going to be doing that. Mike, any any fo- uh, any uh, last words for my audience? <laughs> any last words? Yeah, last word. We're not killing them now. You know, back in those days, that Mike wouldn't left the <laughs> fucking room. How <laughs> to put Mike under the bed and the fucking uh, the lady would have found it. A
1: cleaning lady. Here's my last words. Now take me to jail. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know, don't tell me that. Come on, you get me a little nervous. Fucking, I don't like those words. Now take me to the comedy show. That's it. We're going to a comedy show, everybody. Listen to me. Make sure you listen to uh, what we're doing all the time. The podcast is every Monday, Friday. The Real Deal with me, Larry Lawton. Check out Mike Marino. Mike Marino Live. MikeMarino.net. Google. That's how I do it. I tell people, go to Mike Marino Comedy. If you put Google Mike Marino Comedy, you'll see a whole bunch of shit. Mike is, I call him the real deal. He's one of the best comedians I know, and I love comedy. That's one of my best things. It's how I get away from life and some of the shit that happened to me in my life. you know, And you all know what that is, from being tortured to being shot to stabbed and everything else happened in my life. I'm going to see Mike tonight. I'm going to have a great time. Mike, thank you very much for taking the time out. Come to see me today. Thank you, buddy. I, really, you. I really mean that. Have a great day, Masamino. Thank you for the wine. Ciao, Bello. I really, really ciao. Ciao. I I mean the wine is really good, and we're gonna put a link for his wine. Check it out, really. He's got a great wine. Got to bring some bottles tonight. What are you doing here? I <laughs> <be alone. laughs> Guys, thank you very much. Have a great day. What I always tell you at the end of every show: Please make good choices. Help somebody if you can, and see you next Friday. This Friday. See you next. Take care, everybody.